0: Welcome to Managing Marketing. Today, I'm joined by Simon Bartley, who is the co-founder and CEO of Together Co. Hi, Simon.
1: Hi, Darren. Hi.
0: Thanks for joining me. I'm good, um, mm-hmm. but thanks for joining me because uh, we had a conversation, it was, what, about a, mm, three or four weeks ago, about brand.
1: We did, on the couch from memory.
0: <laughs> and uh, it was really interesting because, you know, a lot of people seem to be confused about brands these days. Mm. Do you find that? I do, I think. Uh, or the role of brands. The role or, of,
1: well, the role of brand is, I mean, digital has become the... Focus hasn't it? So everything's Mm. lost in some way to marketers trying to understand digital and what it means for their business and how to maximise the nirvana of data and accountability and and so forth. But uh, so brand has taken a a back step to a degree. But I I think yeah, I think there's always been confusion around brand.
0: And and it's become more confused because they've now got more ways than ever before in a way to articulate and and reinforce what the brand is. That mm. I think it's got to the stage that they've actually lost sight in some cases of the fact that there is a need to have a brand.
1: Yeah, which is, um, and I would say that there are, there are enough companies that still do understand brand. That um, but it's those that really are not willing to invest in Mm. brand, I think, are the ones that choose, you know, not to understand it. Mm. Um, Because it is an investment. I mean, you think about great brands and the value that they have sitting on balance sheets around Apple, Coca-Cola, you know, Google, all the top brands in the world. Brand valuation is, is important at the end of the day. It's, um, it's
0: it's interesting you should say that because I've had quite a number of uh, discussions with CFOs that go, there's no brand on our balance sheet. And I go, it's probably called goodwill. And they go, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, there's goodwill is a big mm. part of it. Mm. And uh, in a way, brand actually is the encapsulation of goodwill, isn't it? Because that's the way your customers... Who bring value to your business yes. actually perceive your business? Goodwill is all about their perception of your business and brand.
1: Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But it, it's
0: interesting that the finance people don't think of goodwill mm-hmm. naturally as brand.
1: Well, they they would be thinking about it if they were to come to a moment of sale. Yeah. Because that's where the, val- the valuation really comes to bear. So is at that time. So. No.
0: So, so um, let's go back a step. What's in? Because I have a very clear definition in my mind of what's a brand. What brand. do you think a brand is? Okay. I, how I, would you describe it? If there was uh, a, a freshly hatched CMO here who was saying, "So what? What? How should I describe my brand or what a yeah, brand is? How yeah. should I do it?"
1: Okay, I, I would um, I would say to them a brand is who you are and what you stand for. So it's that makes up your brand story. And really what that is, is it helps you understand your why. So what's your reason for doing what you do and the reason why your potential customers should consider engaging you by purchasing you and and being involved with you. Um, Once you've articulated that, then, really, it's about you can get to the promise. Which I think, if I was if anybody asked me what's the shortest definition of a brand, I would always say it's a promise. Mm-hmm. A promise at the end of the day between a, a business and a customer around a product, service, or experience.
0: Okay, interesting. Because um, I've shared with you before, but uh, I like uh, Al Rees, where he said a brand is any pronoun, and I like mm-hmm. that because. Yeah, you know, okay. A brand's any pronoun. You think of any celebrity, they're pronouns. You think of you know, Uber is a pronoun. In fact, brand names are always pronouns, they're never yeah. just nouns.
1: I think it's a, a clever description, but I don't think it's particularly.
0: Well, then you he went he the did, he did, the he did, Yeah, he did go on <laughs> to say the strength of a brand, because he said it actually mm-hmm. exists in the minds of the consumer.
1: It does, and the heart
0: yeah and well he said the minds we'll, yeah, we can, he can get he can we'll stick get, we'll get on to the anatomy <laughs> i'm not sure it actually exists in the hearts but uh, yeah in the minds of the consumer and that the strength of the brand is how consistent they associate with that pronoun so in the case of um, a celebrity and let's pick uh, Taylor Swift or someone like right. that. You yeah. know, If you went and asked 100 people what they thought of Taylor Swift, the strength mm. of that brand would be how aligned people mm. are to the perception of what Taylor Swift or who Taylor Swift represents as, as that brand. I thought that's an interesting way of thinking because he then went on to say brand management is about managing that perception in the consumer's mm. mind to maximise their engagement or intention to interact or purchase.
1: And you need that for clarity, Mm. absolutely. I mean, we all don't want to have to spend our time thinking about what a brand stands for. Mm. It's up to the brand to articulate that in a very succinct way and, as you say, repeat that to us over and over and over by demonstrating it through Mm. the products they bring to market, the service they offer, all the experience that I have when I interact with them. If they can provide that... Consistently, then it's then it will be reinforced time and time again.
0: Yeah, because I, I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of organisations, just allow brand to almost happen by default. You know, some organisations, especially we've seen startups,
1: yeah. that you're not
0: sure they really start sat down and said, oh, right, we're going to create a brand here. What's that going to represent? They've just got on with doing business. And then at some point, some clever bunny said, so what do we represent now? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah you- no, it's true. Um, we've actually worked with a few startups in a similar situation to that. And generally what we've found is that they start thinking about brand as the business develops. Mm. Um, if they don't leave it too late, then they can um they can start really investing in brand but others leave it too late and then they're actually looking at a rebrand when they're really a a young business so but most of them will consider developing brand pre-sale because they'll be looking again for the value that's sitting in the brand, the goodwill, as you call it.
0: Because mm. you, you would think that they'd think about starting it when, before they even go out and look for funding because yeah. uh, investors mm. are, are customers. I mean, in a way, they're they're engaging yeah. with a business. Yeah. And so having a strong brand, a desirable uh, promise, that you you called it, would be important, wouldn't it, mm. at that early stage? It's
1: true, absolutely. But it, it comes back to... Marketing and where marketing seems to sit in the value chain within organisations, big or small, yeah. um, it's seen as a, you know, a, a cost, a line item that mm. is going to cost us a lot of money. And unless I can attach, um, you know, a reasonable cost per acquisition associated with that, I don't want to do the investment. Mm. So, because there is investment required to start a business, because you need to as you say, articulate who you are, what it is you're taking to market, and then spend some money on taking it to market.
0: See, isn't it interesting that they think of it as an additional expense? Because Mm -hmm. in a way, if you articulate your brand early enough, then you integrate the brand into everything you do. It's actually not an extra expense. No, because yeah, you know, businesses communicate a lot just through doing business,
1: and I'm not sure the the expense of developing a brand. Usually, I think that most businesses that start up have a sense of who they are. You can you can actually find the why through workshopping with mm. them. Um, it's just that they haven't gone to the stage of articulating it.
0: Yeah. It exists so naturally. It exists because naturally. Being, it's so you don't, a group of yeah, you don't or, go into
1: yeah. a business and make it up. I mean, you've no. got to actually pull it out of the organisation. So, um, and so it, it it exists there. It's just that they're unable to articulate it, unless, of course, there's a skilled marketer involved in the startup business
0: who's able to extract that. From the uh, from their colleagues in those early and actually days.
1: point out the importance of it and the value of it at that um, crucial early stage. So of do business you think it's
0: harder for big mature companies to do that? Um, yeah, once you once you grow to say you know a couple of hundred people or five hundred or ten thousand people, does it become harder to articulate? what the brand is
1: no the longer you're the longer you're in existence the easier it should be right to be honest yeah. um, and you'll find that as I say it, it we work with startups as well as traditional businesses that are on a journey of reinvention of some sort um, and I, I find traditional businesses have rich stories hidden within them that have just never been told mm. Um and they, or they've been told, but it was many years ago and it's just been lost somewhere along the way. And um, and it's our job is to get in there and actually unearth that again and remind everybody within that organisation why the organisation does what it does. So
0: brand has a lot to do on that basis with culture, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Culture is key for, for particularly for service delivery yeah. organisations yeah because Where it's really a human interaction hmm. that's that's going on, so.
0: And also why then perhaps, that people often articulate brand with very human attributes, you know, there's yeah there's a personification there in the brand.
1: And that's to help it be understood as well.
0: Hmm.
1: So I mean I you know it can be a bit of a cliche, we, you know we need to humanise, the brand has become a little bit <laughs> overused. But, um, I think that there's an issue with some corporate speak that within the organization, the employees are unable to connect with the values or live those values because they're just not well articulated. Then. Mm. So, really, oh. what we do is we just try and put it in everyday connective language mm. that, you know, is also inspiring, not just ticking boxes.
0: Mm. So, so, um, uh, Jim Collins built to last, you know, he talks about, uh, he talk calls it purpose, not brand, the articulating mm. the corporate purpose. And yet, you yeah, know, we've got marketers running now talking about, uh, uh, brand purpose as well. Do you think it's, yeah, is brand different to say a corporate purpose, first of
1: all? Uh, not if it's a corporate brand, but, <laughs> but right. the, uh, I look, I think purpose has been, because brand has evolved over time. Mm. So I think, um, purpose has become more important or more, um, yeah, more important over time because of the changes technology has brought to bear, which is, um, the shift of power over to the consumer, mm-hmm. um, the transparency, absolute transparency associated with that and the fact that organizations can no longer get away with uh, not doing what they say they're going to do. So they have to live what they say, mm. you know.
0: Which is having integrity, isn't it? Which
1: is having integrity. Yeah. Live,
0: doing what you say you'll do yeah. is integrity. Of course.
1: And transparency has um, sh- shone a light into many industries. Mm. Um, the food industry is a, is a very good example. And consumers want... Uh, nobody wants to eat food... That's poisonous anymore. Mm. People want nutritious food, so um, so purpose. This is where purpose comes into play. So we have a um, client that we've worked with recently, which is a at the moment they're doing almond milks and soy mm-hmm. milks, and but yeah. they've done very well. They're, they've got themselves through right through up into Woolworths now, and they've taken on a purpose of keeping the big food brands honest mm. so and they what they want to do is get a quality product to market and make it accessible to the average person
0: so that's a uh, what you'd call a traditional challenger brand in that it is, it's yeah. acting mm. as yeah. a aggressive number two correct mm. yeah interesting correct.
1: but purpose is really about now delivering to that consumer power mm. and what's going on in the
0: I just um, I find uh, you know very large businesses, and and we've got some huge conglomerates, you know, globally, that uh, you know the the Unilevers, the P and Gs, the mm. um yeah, some of the uh, uh, South Korean businesses, you know, the Samsungs—they're in so many different things, mm. and they articulate so many different brands within that. You know, they're, whether they're a branded house or they're actually most of them a are, are, are house, house of brands. brands. Mm. Um, and so you get such um, uh, conflicting and and uh, you know messaging or, or mm.
1: where does the purpose sit? Yeah. So I think in. In that instance, the purpose should sit with the master brand, with the parent company brand. Mm. Um, and it all of the other brands need to del- be able to deliver to that. But I think to bring a strong purpose down to every level of brand within some of those conglomerate organisations can get a little bit clunky and a bit unnecessary. Mm. Um, again, it comes down to... There's, there are different types of brands. You've got low-interest brands at one end of the spectrum, which are a bit necessary evils. I don't really care who I use, but it's really all about rational decision-making around price and convenience, mm. through to, at the other end of the spectrum, high-involvement brands where I'm paying a premium. And um, I, because of the high involvement, I'm expecting that that brand is going to somehow associate, our values are linked in some yeah. way. So that, that's that's where purpose is really important.
0: Because, mm. um, yeah, um, Professor Byron Sharp says that uh, there is no brand loyalty and that people uh, just buy out of habit and low... But I think what people miss is most of Byron's work is fast-moving consumer yeah. goods or consumer packaged yeah. goods, yeah. where in most cases you really do have low consideration. Of course, yeah. yeah. Though, though, you would argue. Some people would argue, and you mentioned before, you know, food is not a low consideration. People want a nutritious food. But mm. I think when you're um, standing there at the supermarket aisle with a plethora of brand choices, way too
1: many choices. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: How do you distinguish one from the other? Um, it's going to, you know, some some people will buy on price, others will buy, just buy brands that, you know, names that they know because they feel that that's something they yeah, can trust. It, yeah. And others all, you know, might even explore. But, yeah. you know, to talk about loyalty in commodity, you know, what's largely become commodity, commodity mm. categories uh, doesn't apply to, as you say, prestige brands. Yes, it doesn't.
1: Yeah, true. And I think that's what you have to constantly do is say, when we're talking about brands, what segment of brands are we referring to? Because mm. you can't make blanket statements like that without doing going yeah, through that right. process.
0: Yeah, mm. I, I find <clears throat> it. But market, does. Marketing <laughs> loves making blanket statements. Mm. You know, um, uh, Bob, uh, the ad contrarian, just recently said brand shouldn't do anything with social media. After all, social media is just talking to the people that are already buying your product. And, and marketing is all, all about acquiring um, uh, customers. Now, I read that um, right. a couple of days yeah, ago so, and it's like, yeah. okay, maybe in high volume. Uh, you know, consumer goods yeah. like you know, like uh, uh, supermarket, but hey, social media works brilliantly well if I'm selling a Ferrari because all my clients are going to be out there taking photos of their new car and sharing it, making Absolutely. everyone else jealous. Yeah. So why wouldn't I do that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I just think that there's too many sweeping statements being mm. made in the marketplace. And that's where the confusion comes in. Mm. Everybody gets confused. They don't know what are the guiding principles that I should be following.
0: On that, do you think brand is a consistent you know, a, a approach or a consistent definition? I mean, the role of brand, is that consistent whether I'm selling uh, branded uh, almond milk or prestige cars or pre, um, hand, you know, prestige handbags or property?
1: Absolutely, you still need to give me a reason why I should buy, and that comes from who you are and what you stand for, and what your promise is around that product, service, or experience.
0: Okay, because I see to me, brand is more about who you are and would I do business with you. Okay,
1: well that's clear. Okay? Yeah.
0: so so because mm-hmm. to me, when you say promise. It's almost like the proposition, and I, I'm wondering for whether brand is actually a proposition. I think brand is more about, know, yeah, a bit like the lighthouse on the hill. You know, it's about creating a uh, a perception or a persona mm. that uh, people that find that de- you know desirable or interesting or trustworthy will gravitate to, or they won't. Whereas yeah, you know, when you say promise, I could promise. What happens if I promise one thing one day and then switch the promise the next day? Or is this a more fundamental promise?
1: I think it's, yeah, I, I use it as more of a, it's not a, um, it's not the USP necessarily. Oh,
0: yeah, don't yeah. you love that?
1: So, yeah. Think
0: that's the unique selling <laughs> I'm proposition. I'm not
1: quite, yeah, I'm not <laughs> speaking of it at that level. Yeah,
0: right. Um, so you're I talking am, about the sort of more visceral, much, correct. You know, this yeah. is the promise that we, you know, we provide. I,
1: I, yes, correct, which comes out of the why I do what I do because it's it's the why that backs it up at the end of the day. Mm.
0: So, so To me, Unilever's promise mm. is about building a sustainable world. They want to make a world... That it is actually environmentally, humanly sustainable. And then okay. they turned around and make like Dove to. is real, the promise <laughs> of Dove is real beauty, and the promise of Axe they've changed around, but you know, making mm. men more, com- young men more confident. Mm. You know, uh, suddenly I'm surrounded by often conflicting, sometimes different directions within the one company.
1: Yeah, but I think some are, okay, so some of those are, value, the value, the customer value proposition mm-hmm. versus the broader purpose of the organization. So I would say with dolphin with Axe that they're, they're the, that's the CVP or customer value proposition mm-hmm. um, articulated that still those products should still be delivering to the purpose of the organization. Yeah. I don't know that packaging of all of these products does <laughs> deliver <laughs> to the organisation's um, purpose. Oh, but, su- uh, <laughs> they've
0: done a lot of work with their supply chain I'm to sure. make sure it's sustainable. You know? Of
1: course. So, um, so, And, do,
0: and yeah. do you think there's a difference between uh, product and services when it comes to brand articulation?
1: Um, I think there is additional layers when mm-hmm. you get to service because the brand has to be delivered in terms of a, the behaviour of the its delivery. Mm-hmm. So whether that is a human being or whether that is the platform, um, that experience that you're having a, of, of the delivery of that service um, is behavioural expression. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, because um, yeah. I've talked to uh, uh, marketers that have had a long history in product, and they go, oh, no, uh, everything we do is completely transferable to um, service marketing services. And I go, see, I I have a trouble with that because, you know, like, yes, I buy a product. I usually buy the product from an intermediary, Mm. first of all, Mm. you know, a retailer, and then I do have a brand experience when I use the product. Yeah. Right, but service is different because it's this Absolutely. ongoing interaction yeah. that happens all the way along. You know, the, the whole brand, my brand perception, and and let's use you know, um, yeah, let's use uh, Telstra. Okay. Australia's yeah. biggest telco mm. um talked uh, you know did a big brand relaunch with Thrive or Thrive on mm. um and yet my experience of it is if I make a call to the call center because it is a service provider mm. and every time I use a my Telstra internet I'm having a less than optimal brand experience that doesn't live up to the promise That's why I picked you up on promise. The brand promise is with Telstra as a brand I can thrive on. Mm.
1: Mm. But my
0: experience of that is not.
1: Correct. Because whilst their products might enable that, if the service delivery of those products is not enabling you to do that, then the experience is not complete. Mm. So that's where the behaviour comes in. So if you're in a situation where... You've you've bought a product, so you've got broadband.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For some reason, you're having difficulty, and you're right in the middle of something, and you've got ten people over at your house, chomping at the bit, waiting to, you know. Yeah.
0: So so complete. my Netflix takes three minutes to yeah, buffer, exactly. and one Game of to Thrones play, is yeah. about
1: to begin, yeah. and yet the broadband's stumbling. Yeah. And there's nothing and you they can on, do about it. No, there's nothing they can do. You get on the phone, you try. Well, how they handle that moment
0: mm.
1: is really important. Mm. That is service delivery, that's behavioural delivery, that's um, what is, what is, how much responsibility at that level has that person been given to be able to solve the problem mm. anyway?
0: Which is very different to buying mm. a product, I go to the, the retailer, the yeah. retailer gives me bad service, it's got nothing to do with the product, yes. it's the retailer that's yeah. not lived up to their brand yeah. promise. I get it home and if there's a problem with the product mm. that I've purchased, yes i'm going to contact them and it depending on how they deal with that yeah. is whether they recover their brand my their brand perception with me or not very yeah. different mm. uh, and much simpler to me set of variables that they're playing much with simpler,
1: much simpler and i think um, and there's different there's varying degrees of, of service organizations mm. as well because you don't interact with your electricity or gas company as often as you would Telstra. That's right. Yeah. Um the, banks, how many the telcos, and yeah, the telcos important. and the banks are high touch yeah. and often. And so if you're looking for you know current best practice in this market in service delivery, they're the ones that you would look to.
0: Yeah. Because it's also when the promises let down, the brand promises is not fulfilled on, how big's the catastrophe? Mhm. Correct. Because that's when that's the difference between me as a customer jumping on social media mm. and telling everyone how bad it is, mm. compared to just sort of going ah whatever.
1: Yeah. Power the voice of the consumer. Yeah. So the channels are there now for that voice to be expressed. So.
0: Now um, to jump right back, you mentioned about storytelling. Brand storytelling. Brand
1: story. So I so said yeah. yes. Brand story. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I'm really interested in. Uh, in in that because uh, storytelling was a big thing in the industry and now i read it's not storytelling it's story doing have you seen that
1: i can't stand (laughs) actually i had a client say to me they wanted to use that terminology in their pitch and i went why (laughs) what well because it makes us sound more contemporary no (laughs) we love creating jargon reinventing our own jargon over and over and over. And I think that's look what the what's trying to be communicated. There is that you have a brand story once you've articulated articulated it. There are also ways now that it needs to be delivered through experience. Mm. So but I, I find the term just cringeworthy, quite frankly. So but that's what it's trying to say.
0: Nick Law, uh, I think it's about three years ago, he did this great presentation mm. yeah, from RGA. Yes.
1: Um,
0: and uh, he said, advertising is where I um, tell a story about going out and killing the woolly mammoth. So
1: branding.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. And then um, storytelling. Is where I bring it to life. You know, like actually, story doing. You mean? Yeah, uh, no, because he had story okay. doing. Is where uh-huh. I actually take the person out and show them how to kill. You know, hunt the woolly mammoth. So he had story. You know, there's the sort of storytelling of advertising, which is, you know, this is this is why this is the story as to why we should be considered by you.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah.
0: Then there was that the, the um, storytelling about you know actually bringing that story to life by having some interaction in the story. So getting people to participate in it. But then there's actually story doing, which is allowing them to experience the brain for themselves.
1: I'm exhausted.
0: And he said that (laughs) the, the great thing about technology, digital technology, is that you can do all three. Advertising can only do the first one, which is talk about it. Whereas you know inter- you have the opportunity the reason it was called interactive is that you have the opportunity to actually engage the customer consumer in mm. brand experiences online
1: yes okay that's fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it seemed to me that uh, you know and and that by getting people to do things. Mm. But I, I get your point, which is if you articulate the story clearly mm. aligned to what the brand is, then you can extrapolate that forward into the brand experience. But Correct. if you don't have the story Down agreed
1: in the first place. What's yeah. it mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of that in the early days of digital we were talking about having a conversation. Mm-hmm. and allowing people to participate, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's a lot of this. So I don't know how old that presentation is, but that Three was... Three or four years old. Yeah, so that was a lot of the language that was being used mm. back then. Um, so, but really, I, I, you know, how much do we really want to participate with brands? And particularly through, um, you know, I mean, social media was meant... A lot of brands were hoping that, you know, they could create... A great space within social media channels, and that people would just want to follow them. Mm. People don't want to follow brands.
0: <gasps> <laughs> you mean all those likes on the corporate Facebook page?
1: Yeah. Are what? The employees.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or the click farm in uh, yeah, exactly. you know, some yeah. third world uh, so, emerging country.
1: Yeah. But people do have high involvement and love certain brands. Yeah. To the point that they started creating their own content, their yeah. own version of advertising, for example, that had been made. And then it was up to those brands to actually be able to leverage that content, mm. to propagate it, to get, you know, greater viewership of it, if you like, greater reach out of that content that they didn't have to pay to create. And that was Coca Cola's liquid.
0: Yeah, Liquid Ideas. Liquid, ideas, yeah. Ideas 2020. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Which, which was con- consumer-based consumer content. Leveraging consumer content. content yeah. To yeah. actually then, and amplify that yeah. as a way of engaging with people.
1: Correct.
0: Mm. But that comes down to that level of engagement um, means that there's a loyalty, a relationship, a love yeah. Yeah, not and to, to dwell time, on love marks, but yeah, yeah to dwell on. And that.
1: at that time, the new technology meant that people were interested in participating. I've got all of these tools I can now access, and a channel, and a potential audience out there. I'm going to start making stuff. I'm mm. going to start participating. So that was th- that was really the early days of of the internet, wasn't it? Mm. So that's why all that language. Sort of emerged, but I think things have changed. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're going into a, we're now going into an interesting time within the digital space. And hopefully this isn't going off topic, but it's been very much about the Internet of Information and Google's, you know, information highway and owning that and organizing that for you. Mm. It's soon, it's now through technologies like blockchain, which came about due to Bitcoin that are going to actually turn the internet into the internet of value. Mm. That is going to have a total disruptive effect on all businesses again over the next decade as that gets rolled out. And some businesses will find their value again, I believe, as a result of that. Mm. Um, And publishing could be a sector that actually finds their value again
0: around that. Because so, they're going to be able to, to yeah, rather, rather than the internet that exists now, which is broadcast, yo, it's, it's yeah. all out there. Right. It's actually going to be bonded into a collectively agreed structure that allows you to commercialise yeah. it. I've heard some great yeah. stories about you know composers, for instance, that are able to transact commercialize their music. Right. So the traditional internet yeah. is, I just put my song out there and people download it for free. Mm. Um, and even mm. if they pay for it, they can then share it in free yeah. anyway. Whereas the blockchain actually means that all of this it's is connected actually connected. And yeah. Yeah. Mm. In fact, when you think about what you were saying with brand, it's because of the complexity of the world, it's more important than ever to, have a clear articulation of what your business represents, its purpose and its, its promise, Yeah, you know, um, than ever before. Because Absolutely. there are so many different challenges on a day-to-day basis. It would give you a framework to be able to respond mm-hmm. to those, would We're
1: all it? fighting for... Everybody's fighting for attention. How are you going to stand out? If you... you the great mm-hmm. news is that if you if you do this work and you do it well, there is plenty of room for you to stand out because so many don't bother. Mm. So, um, so it is worth the investment from that perspective because so many businesses just don't, don't bother mm. in so many categories.
0: And when you mean stand out, I took that as being you know over time, you stand out because you actually represent something because mm. I've seen a lot of brands stand out in any particular moment. They do mm. things to get attention. But because they're constantly just chasing attention, over time you're left with no residual impression of what they are.
1: Yeah. Uh, or I, uh,
0: they, they just stand out for standing out.
1: Yeah. No, I mean I, I mean, standing out because there is clarity around yeah, you a, and your offering yeah. versus the competition. Yeah. So you, you're, you're, you stand head and shoulders yeah. above the rest.
0: Yeah, I mean... Because um, you've back got a clear
1: stake in the ground. What position are you going to take, Put, yeah. define it, put it's a very clear stake in the it? ground and stick to it.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> about being consistent yeah. in that you build a very clear position mm. in the marketplace because of being consistent.
1: Yes.
0: Interesting. Because yeah, you know, a lot of people are constantly, you know, there's this um, thing about uh, CMOs, are read um, CMOs turn over every 3.3 years was the latest number mm. and every time a new CMO comes in they're inclined to redevelop uh, mm. or review the marketing strategy and start off with something new again.
1: Yeah. they're going to make a name for themselves.
0: Which goes mm. against mm. this idea of building long-term brand yeah. value because yeah. you're constantly messing with the underlying brand.
1: And it's the same with the CEOs. Yeah,
0: well, they had longer um, tenure, they were about eight years. Right. Okay. So, so as long as, mm. yeah, you know, if, if they're slightly out of sync, then you're in trouble. Mm. But, uh, mm. you know, it's interesting that we feel the need to constantly Well, reinvent. and that goes back
1: to the fact that, really, the CEO needs to embody and own the brand within the organisation. Mm. They can't just sit with marketing. No. I mean, everybody within the organisation is responsible for the delivery of brand. But um, but it has to sit somewhere, and that is with the CEO. Mm. And that's a, another key reason why that should be the case.
0: Yeah, Harvard uh, Business Reviews uh, got an article last month about uh, CMOs and only about 20-something percent of them actually are true C-suite mm. uh, P&L owners. Mm. Most of them are either uh, comms people or they're strategy people, but it was a very small... You know, it was about 50% comms, 30% strategy, growth strategy, right. but no PL responsibility. And about 20% of all CMOs in this study actually sat in the C-suite with PL enterprise responsibility. Mm. So, if that's the that's case, the stop talking about mm, CMOs mm. owning the brand mm. because yep. the only person that truly can pull the levers of an organization mm. to deliver on the brand promise that you talk mm. about is the CEO.
1: Yes, correct.
0: Yeah.
1: And circling right back around, digital within organizations has been has has taken the focus. So mm. CMOs are busy trying to work out how they're going to merge their ad tech and martech. They're not thinking about the brand.
0: Yeah. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's the, uh, the cart before the horse. You know, yeah. We're worried about the implementation before yeah. we've got the underlying framework agreed yeah. and articulated. Yeah. So how, do you think there's going to be a return to focusing on brand? Do you see this as a trend or do you think it's just housekeeping for most people?
1: I think there is, we're we're living in a, at the moment it's, there's a very short term focus. So unless the focus of business starts becoming longer term, then there won't be a greater focus on brand Mm. because it really is about longer term vision and view for the business rather than short term. So. But we live, you know, really it's it's what are we delivering to shareholders and it's based on, as you say, the CEO and the CMO's tenure within the organisation and what they want to achieve within that period of time. So that's driving agendas, um, whereas brand is about, if the organisation has always had a focus on brand, then it will continue to have a focus on brand Mm. because it is sitting, as we say, at the top level with the CEO. If they haven't had that so far, it's unlikely, unless they change the focus and start investing more in the future of the business, it's unlikely that they'll invest more
0: in brand. So um, uh, some good advice for anyone that comes into a a CMO role would be find out if the brand is clearly articulated. Mm, And if it's not, Start the process of start articulating there. the brand. <clears throat> start there. Then if it is articulated, mm. start the process of then in uh, integrating it into the business because it exists yeah. outside of marketing. I mean, what a great yeah. opportunity for a new CMO if mm. they've got a brand to then see how far across the organisation that spreads. Yes. Because if it only exists in marketing, it's not really a brand. It's got to be up to the C-suite absolutely. and right down to the coal face <laughs> and everywhere in between. Mm, so that's step two. And then step three is um, only, only mess with the brand if there are some fundamental issues that stop your organisation embracing it.
1: Or there's an opportunity
0: <laughs> that
1: requires some sort of review. There's a greater opportunity, some sort of evolution of it. So, so a
0: big strategic shift. big
1: strategic shift happening. from a business perspective.
0: You mentioned so. before about short-termism. Um, and we're working a lot with uh, marketers that are facing uh, zero-based budgeting. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting conversation because zero-based budgeting is about budgeting for return. Yeah. And a lot of CFOs think that the return on marketing investment is growth. And the part that they miss out on is defence, because if I've got a $10 billion brand, Mm. it's not about the incremental growth, just about the incremental growth on top. It's about how do I also defend the ten million billion billion, right? But a lot of CFOs don't think about that. Mm. They think about the growth on top. A lot of CMOs, when we have this conversation, and then we say, right, so defence, You you need your growth on top for your quarterly report. Of
1: course, yeah.
0: But my defence needs to be long term. Yeah,
1: of course.
0: Because I can't just defend it for the next three months and the next three I can get growth on top. But what I've got to do is constantly and to me that's where, you know, the investment in brand, because brand works two ways. One is it's makes you makes your business desirable or con- worthy of mm. consideration, mm. but also mm. rewards your existing customers for why they're doing business with you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: That, um, but it get overcomes yeah. short-termism because I can't just reward them for the next three months. I've got to have of course some do. part of my mm. marketing investment mm. taking a longer-term mm. view. The yeah. only thing you're going to report on, Mr. CFO is and Mr. CEO, mm. is the quarterly sales reports. What are we going to do to make sure that in six months, 12 months, five years time, we've still got the 10 billion that we had today?
1: Mm. Hmm. You're speaking to the converted.
0: Yeah, true. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. your time. Thanks That's for coming right. and My having pleasure. a chat. It's a
1: good conversation.
0: So what Thank is you. your favourite brand?